Raindrops keep falling on my head. Hey guys, welcome to a rainy edition of the Hey OK Ha. Happy hour. Happy Thursday to you. Hope you're uh, having a good end of your week. Friday's tomorrow. Down to the home stretch to the weekend. What are you doing? Probably, probably staying inside, avoiding any human contact. You don't want to interact with human beings, do you? No, you want to do, you want to do what the media and public officials tell you to do and panic. Why don't you stock up on some paper, what is it, toilet paper? Good God, guys. What's this mass hysteria? At first it was funny. You know, it's funny, mass hysteria with, with no grounding in data. It's funny at first. But now I feel like Y'all have been prodded into a level of panic that it's no longer funny. It's, it's, it's now becoming sad. And I worry for you. I worry for, for you. I worry about your worrying. Good God. What? Is this martial? Are they? Is this the pretext for martial law that all the paranoid motherfuckers have been warning us about for the last 40 years? Is it the flu? Are they going to get us with the flu? It's, this is the first virus I've seen that has celebrity endorsements. Did you see Tom Hanks' tweet? <laughs> this guy. This is the least sick guy who ever contracted an allegedly deadly disease. Oh, hey, guys, felt a little tired. Me and, the, me and the missus were vacationing. Felt a little tired. Got a little, little cough there, and uh, we went and got tested. He talked in the past tense like he's fully recovered now. And you got this NBA player, Rudy Gobert, is uh, tested positive. So is Donovan. They're not sick, though. They're not sick. They tested positive, not sick. Um, it's, unbelievable. it's unbelievable. Once it hits Europe, but if you look at the numbers, first of all, let's start off where it started, China. So to get an accurate snapshot of how a disease comes and goes, you got to look at the country that it originated at because it's been a, the long enough time, the longest time length is in China. That's where it started. Well, in China, new case, n- new daily cases are now done. The disease has run its course. And a rational person would ask themselves when they're assessing future risk, they'd say, well, how many cases were there and how many people died? And the answer in China is there was 80,900 confirmed cases of what they call coronavirus, which, by the way, is an umbrella term that includes all strains of flu, including the common cold. Did you, notice, did you know that the common cold is a quote-unquote coronavirus? It's, it's not a new thing. So 80,900 people came down with the coronavirus in China. This is a country of 1.5 billion people. So, in other words, the chances of you contracting the coronavirus in China, if you take 80,900 divided by 1.5 billion, you had a 0.00000539% chance of even contracting the disease, okay? Of that point. Zero, 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 five, three, nine percent of people that contracted it, the vast majority of them had mild symptoms 
that they recovered from in a similar fashion you would the flu. And some are even comparing it to the common cold. A small minority, about 2% of the 0.00000539% died. And it turns out they were all old, basically on their deathbed. In other words, they were on their deathbed and they contracted a virus uh, before they expired, in effect. These numbers are no different than any other strain of flu. In fact, they're more mild, much more mild than the SARS was, whatever, whatever year that was, whatever election year that was. It's always an election year there's a disease. Um, it's, it's, it's incredible. The data doesn't jive with the sensationalist headlines and warnings put out by public officials. Doesn't, doesn't jive at all. This is just another version of the flu. It's no di- Every year there's a new strain of flu. We've always known this, right? Why is this any different? It's not. It's not at all. The, according to the CDC's own numbers, in the winter of 2017, 2018, 80,000 Americans died of the flu in that one winter. 80,000 Americans died in one winter from the flu, okay? That's 900 people per day for three months straight. 900 people a day were dying of the flu per day. And now we're supposed to freak out because 200 people in Italy died in one day, and in another day, 800 people died in Italy in one day of this disease in a country of 50 million people. This is not unusual. This happens every year with the flu. Going back to that 80,000 figure, yeah, it was 900 on average for three months, but there were days where it spiked to 2,000. Other days, it was 200 maybe. You know, it fluctuates. But think about that. There were days that when there were 2,000 people would die of the fucking flu. And yet, were there anybody, was there anybody trying to implement, I can't fucking talk, I'm sorry. Was there anybody trying to implement martial law over that? No. Was the NBA called? Jesus Christ, the NBA canceled their fucking season, or at least postponed it. Can you believe this? I remember, remember back in the, the 90s, Michael Jordan played with the flu. He played with the, they didn't cancel the fucking game. They didn't, ever didn't go home because Michael Jordan had a deadlier disease than this coronavirus. No, they let him fucking play. He was coughing in Jeff Hornacek's face. <laughs> Jeff Hornacek's. Jeff Hornacek possessive sounds like I'm saying sex. You know what I'm saying? Jeff Hornacek's face. He was fucking, Scotty Pippen was grabbing him, helping him off to the sideline. Nobody gave a shit. What the fuck is going on? Nobody gives a shit about math anymore. The CDC put out a chart, you know, because the whole thing, they're trying to keep humans, you know, they basically want us in our own little rooms where they can surveil every interaction <laughs> they want, and so the CDC is justifying all this ridiculous cancellations. And so they put out a graph that all of my Facebook friends are sharing to justify this nonsense. And this chart shows, it's so-called chart, shows, uh, here, let me pull it up. Here it is. It's called flattening the curve, and it shows this uh 
cases without protective measures, and it's a big jump and then it goes down and this is cases with protective measures, and the cases with protective measures happens to peak just under the line where they say healthcare system capacity. And it's a chart, it looks like a chart, right? It has an X and a Y axis, the Y axis being daily number of cases, the X, did I say X? Yeah, that's the Y axis, the X axis being time since first case. You know how charts work, right? You got an X axis, a Y axis, you got different val uh, uh, coordinates on a chart, you got different, um, what the fuck is the word? I'm just going to say figures, you know, the amounts on the left-hand column. And more, well, this, this fucking the so-called chart decided to leave the x-axis blank and the y-axis blank. In other words, it's not a chart. It's a drawing. It's a drawing that attempts to illustrate a concept that the CDC hopes to be true. Like they have an arbitrary line that says healthcare system capacity that goes perpendicular to the daily number of cases. In other words, they're saying there's a finite number of cases that the healthcare system can take care of, but they don't tell us what that number is. And they don't give us any time. For, it's just, it's bullshit. It's propaganda. It contains literally no math. It is therefore not a chart. It's a drawing. Stop sharing it on Facebook like it proves anything. Everybody's making this shit about themselves. Like, oh, I have an autoimmune dis uh, disease. You shouldn't be able to travel and take advantage of cheap airfare. You should just panic like me. It's all about me. Fuck you. How about that? You're a fucking moron if you're scared of this. And it's really sad to see that apparently 95% of my countrymen are fucking morons. This is unbelievable. The only reason to panic is based on the decisions to cancel stuff. It makes it seem way more, crunch the fucking data. Do they teach these skills in school anymore? Isn't that the point of math, is to assess reality accurately? I'm gonna keep banging this fucking drum because all these douchebags who are panicking suddenly got all righteously in, indignated. Is that a word? They, were, they had indignation and uh, after the NBA canceled and Tom Hanks claimed to have it on his Twitter. Everybody took to fucking social media. Hi, uh, are, you, are you so sure it's not serious now? It's like, yeah, I still am sure that it's not serious now. It's called fucking statistics. Or is that like too nerd? Is that too nerdy now? Is that not what cool people do? Hey man, we just listen to the headlines and what public officials claim. We don't actually crunch numbers. That's for losers, man. What the fuck is going on? You're not gonna die. You're not gonna contract this shit. You might. You might contract it, just like you might contract the flu every once in a while, but you're not gonna fucking die. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> this is the worst way to console people ever. Just insult them. Ah, hey, you're gonna be fine, you fucking morons. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I just get a little, a little pissed off when people just repeat shit, repeat shit, repeat shit, and the fact that they're buying toilet paper tells you all you need to know about these people's intelligence. How the fuck is toilet paper gonna protect you? And why is nobody mentioning vitamin C and vitamin D? If you wanna protect yourself from illness, you probably wanna strengthen the old immune system there. 
If you want to strengthen the old immune system there, you should probably get enough vitamin C and you should probably get enough vitamin D. Or is that too, is that too alternative medicine for you? Hey man, vitamin C and vitamin D have no proven way of preventing disease. Uh, pretty sure they do. Pretty sure vitamin D deficiency and vitamin C deficiency is, uh, leaves, leaves you vulnerable to disease. We need vitamin C so bad. Motherfuckers in back in the day when they would take a ship from Europe to America, like pirates and shit, they would die from lack of vitamin C. They would die of vitamin C deficiency. They gave it a name. They called it scurvy. What happened to fucking Billy Bob over there? Arr, he died of the scurvy. No, it just means vitamin C deficiency. Did I say vitamin D? Vitamin C deficiency. That's what, that's what scurvy is. You literally die if you don't have vitamin C. Now, there's a spectrum there, right? Right now, most people, even if you're vitamin C deficient, you're still going to not die. You're going to eat enough citric acid to, you know, not. But it's a, it's a slippery slope. First thing, your gums start bleeding. That's a sign. Brushing your teeth, your fucking gums bleed. You might be vitamin C deficient. Uh, and the point is, if you bolster, if you take as much vitamin C and you got to go beyond the USDA recommended amount, you take one little vitamin C pill, the USDA would tell you, that's 2,000% of the vitamin C intake you need for the day. Nah, you need more than what they tell you you need if you want to optimize health. So vitamin C, sure, wash your hands, but that's common fucking sense. And vitamin D. Why do people get the flu in the wintertime? Because of vitamin D deficiency. There's no sunlight. That's how we process vitamin D, through the sun. There are no cases of coronavirus right now in the southern hemisphere. The only ones that propped up were the Hanks couple when they were vacationing in Australia. Other than that, there's been no cases in the Southern Hemisphere. Why? Because it's summer there. When's the last time you ever got the flu during the summer? When's the last time you met somebody who came down with the flu during the summer? Now, food poisoning, hangovers don't count. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's rare. It's rare. Reason being, vitamin D. Now, you don't need to get in the sun to get the vitamin D. You can take supplements, I guess. I don't know. You can take uh, fish oil pills. Or you can eat fatty fish. Salmon. Or what I like, the pickled herring. Mmm. You guys know about the pickled herring? That's an upper Midwest delicacy, I believe. The Scandinavians love it. So do the Polish. And uh, Jewish folks, too. Uh, pickled herring. Check it out. The, the, the herring is such a fatty fish. And fish fat's good for you. But it's such a fatty uh, sea-tasting fish that in order to make it palatable, they pickle it, soak it in uh, vinegar. Well, they probably cure it in salt first, put that shit in some vinegar, put some onions in there. Mm, that is like, uh, that's Norwegian sashimi. So yeah, get your vitamin D, get your vitamin C. If you're really that worried, okay, if you really think you're going to contract the coronavirus, make sure your immune system is strong. Now, you're not going to guarantee you're never going to get sick just because you have the the right vitamin C and the right vitamin D levels, but you should at least optimize your, your chances, right? I am a doctor, by the way, so you can take all this uh, to heart. Uh, no, I'm not a doctor. I like how everybody has to say that, like right now. When everybody talks about the coronavirus, you know, I, I'm no doctor, but it's like, oh, thank, thanks for, thanks for uh, the qualifier. Um, and doctors are just like anybody else. They're just human beings. They have no special power. They're not some wise sages 
with access to information that you don't have access to. They don't, they're just, you know, they're employees. They're employees doing what they're told. And um, a lot of them are great. Some of them aren't so great. And a lot of them just repeat shit that their um, industry trade organizations tell them. Like, they were promoting tobacco smoking, like, within our parents' lifetime. You know, they were denying the benefits of vitamin C as recently as the 60s. In my lifetime, they were blaming uh, fatty foods, animal fats, for heart disease, which now, anybody who knows, that's not only not true, it's the complete opposite of truth. It's sugar. In fact, animal fats are heart healthy. Um, so just remember that. And just remember when the CDC's putting out these fake fucking charts, they have a motive. I don't know what the motive is, um, but it, it could just be they want to scare the shit out of us, maybe drive those stocks down, create a little panic, buy them back. I don't know. The point is, you're going to be fine. <sighs> All right, I feel like I just alienated 90% of you, but that's okay. That's okay. And I could be wrong, you know? I could be wrong. You guys might be laughing at me in four months when I'm on my deathbed from the coronavirus. Ha ha! Ha ha! You're dying! You should have been frightened! That's yeah, possible. But I doubt it. Hey, you want to put some money on it? Hey, why don't you email me at mp at heyokhahappyhour.com. What's your over-under on the number of Americans that will die from the coronavirus? Right? There's 300 million motherfuckers, so if 1% of us dies, that's 3 million right there. I'll even give you way lower. I'll give you the over-under at a million. I'll, I'll gladly give you that. I'll give you the over-under at uh, 500,000. Want to do that? Why don't you email me? We'll place a gentleman's or a lady's bet on the number of Americans that die from the coronavirus. Keeping in mind that the flu kills 80,000, right? Just the regular-ass flu, well, that one year it killed 80,000, but it generally kills between 30 and 60,000 Americans per winter. We'll see if it's any worse, this coronavirus. And if it's not, you motherfuckers will never hear the end of it. You scared little sissies. You scared little sissies. The, the glowing rectangles in my hand tell me to be afraid. So I should probably be afraid. All right, guys, enough of that. Um, I have a guest today. Um, what you're going to hear is my conversation with Mr. 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 Jay Wigglesworth. Now, Jay and I met uh, back in the day in, the, in Colorado when we were both working for a confection, a medical marijuana confection company uh, in Boulder, Colorado, which sounds like a cliche. <laughs> like a, where, what town was it in? Yes, Boulder, Colorado. Um, this was like in 2011. Uh, Jay Work was working in the kitchen. I was on the sales side, and we used to talk a lot about different stuff going on. And it made me nostalgic for Colorado, kind of reminiscing about uh, the Colorado uh, experience. Back in that day, there was, this is when medical marijuana was, was the thing. Recreational marijuana had not been legalized yet. There was a lot of uh, entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, it's a weird word, entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit flooding Colorado at that point. A lot of, a lot of hippies. Uh, came and then uh, started dealing with the 
the state regulatory body started realizing right away that a lot of these government regulations that are supposedly so benevolent all often have ulterior motives. Changed a lot of hippies into libertarians, that's all I'm saying, did the so-called green rush in Colorado in the late aughts and the early 2010s. Uh, but it was a, a beautiful time and place to be a part of. I uh, met a lot, of, a lot of great people, including Mr. Jay Wigglesworth. He is the uh, CEO, the founder of Mountain Mud Sunscreen. And uh, when I heard about the product, I touched base with him. And I said, you know what, let's, let's do a little advertising for you, get the word out on the CBD-infused sunscreen there. And then he said, well, why don't I come on your podcast and we'll shoot the shit? Haven't talked to you in a bit. I said, sure, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, now, the audio quality might, might be a little wanting here on the, on the phone end. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it's good. Uh, but uh, at any rate, here's my conversation with Mr. Jay Wigglesworth. see the sun a little bit too whatever i can't see you but what are you are you hiding i can i can turn on the video oh if you want to it's all good either way what's up dude long time no see yeah no doubt man it's been a fucking couple minutes it's been a damn near decade so we met each other what was it 2000 and I remember it was a lead-up to the December 21st, 2012 shit. Yeah, we met, like, December or January of, like, December 2011 or January 2012, something like that. That makes sense. Now, back then, uh, marijuana was not legal in Colorado yet. It was all, all medicinal. It was only medical, yeah. Yeah, me and my lady moved out of there in November of 2013. And so that was right before the full-fledged legalization started. You've been there since right. then. How how has it changed? What's it like? I've heard a lot of different stories. What's it been what's it been like from your perspective? The industry itself has been pretty fluxy, you know, it's like there's been a whole variety of folks that have you know, the, the right end goals in mind to a bunch of people that are, you know, really just trying to make a quick profit and, and, you know, not really turn out high quality product. So there's been a huge shift and consolidation of brands. A bunch of brands have gone out, gone under. And, uh, you know, now you've basically got a handful of dispensaries that, you know, really do like a nice craft product that's real high quality. And then you've got quite a bit of dispensaries that are putting out, you know, mediocre to low quality product at a high volume and at a low price. And, and that sort of now left to the consumer to either find, you know, quality cannabis and, and take the time and spend the money or to just, you know, get, get the high mass market, low quality product. 
So let's say I walk in, like I walk into a dispensary right now in Denver, and I want to buy an eighth. How much am I spending for good for a, for from a good reputable dispensary for top shelf stuff? Yeah, I mean, top shelf flour is still probably thirty-five to forty-five dollars an eighth pre-tax. Pre-tax, and what's the tax? Uh, I think it's close to fifteen percent. So you're looking at about forty-five bucks. Yeah, something like that. Out the door. Isn't the tax kind of? In a way, I mean, because after you factor in the state tax, the city st- tax, I read somewhere it's like thir- it's north of thirty percent. Um, isn't that kind of pushing people towards the black market? I mean, can't you get an yeah, eighth on the black market either, for cheaper? Right. It either pushes people to the black market, which you know the black market is not nearly as re- prevalent as it was back then i think what it ends up doing is pushing people to larger chain dispensaries that have like you know deeper discounts on lower quality products i think at the end of the day it becomes like a you know a quality prohibitive tax where people are you know they know that tax is going to get charged so they're just going to get lower quality stuff and in order to pay less or the same Interesting. How's traffic nowadays? I've heard traffic's a shit show now in Denver. Oh, it is absolutely awful. I mean, you'll get bumper to bumper, just straight up parking lot on I-25 at 10 a.m. in the middle of the day. (laughs) And it's like, where where are people moving to? Like, what's expanding? Where is it? Like the outer suburbs, or people just packing into Denver? What's what's going on? It's Denver. People are packing into Denver. The whole uh, River North District has been gentrified and turned into, like, upscale um, artists, like, warehouse, you know, lots and stuff like that. And then you're also getting a huge expansion of, you know, cookie-cutter bullshit homes out on the, the edge and outskirts. Like the south side? Is it like extending down towards like Highlands Ranch, Glendale? Oh, or is it all, all, all everywhere? Like literally every direction. Out to the airport, down to um, like beyond Highlands Ranch. Denver's pretty much like full on uh you know, infrastructure and built out like practically all the way to Larkspur where they do the uh, Renaissance Festival. And then, you know, an entire corridor 36 is all developed all the way. You know, everybody who wants to live in Boulder County is now looking at Louisville and Erie and Lafayette. Rent going up. Loaded. Firestone is getting big because it's right off I-25 north of Denver. I mean, it's just new homes everywhere. Where are you living at now? Longmont. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Longmont's a good town. Yeah. Great town. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it's a good location. So speaking of the airport, are you uh, familiar with that creepy vibe and all that shit in the airport, all those conspiracy theories with the, the Denver airport? Oh, yeah. In fact, 
there's so much construction there now that they're taking advantage of the rumors and creepy vibes. And it's like, they're like, oh, don't worry, the lizards and hard hats won't bite. And like, I mean, it's. Oh, really? They like market it. They market it that when they're like, that's funny. Yeah. Now that they're now that the cat's out of the bag, they just they're like leaning put it so deep into the public <laughs> eye that it's like people have to think it's a joke or something. I don't know. Interesting. But it's really weird. The the advertisements of, around all the work that they're doing are like focused on like oh don't watch what this hand is doing or like oh don't no don't worry the Illuminati is just gonna. Yeah. Be over there under Terminal C. Nothing to see here. We're joking about it, so... Even the, the horse. You drive in and that fucking blue Bronco, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, with the demon eyes. Yeah. It's like, I before I even heard any of these weird, you know, talk of the Denver airport, just seeing them, like, this is a weird vibe. What What's the purpose of... At first, is it to have to do with the Denver Broncos? Or what? Why a horse? Yeah, that's what it's... Ostensibly, that's what it is, is a Bronco. Well, anybody listening to this, if you ever fly into Denver, first of all, the airport's like a good, what, half hour outside of Denver proper? I mean, it's out there. It's not close. Well, it's getting closer and closer these days, man. Oh, are they expanding uh, north and east of the Denver now? I mean, <laughs> north and east of the airport now? Is there, like, development there? There's development starting, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Interesting. Now, where are you from originally? Are you are you Colorado born and bred? Kansas City originally. Oh, nice. Midwest represent. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I've been out here since the late '90s, though. So at this point, it feels like Colorado's the home. Well, you've probably spent more time in Colorado than Kansas City. How old are you? Gonna be forty in a handful of days here. Really? Happy for? Yeah. Are you doing the whole cliche forty thing that? I'm kind of looking at it too. It's a few years away, but is it, or is it just another fucking number? I mean, I was excited about it last year and kind of like, uh, why, you know, I was annoyed about 39 and I didn't want to wait. Now, you know, it's, it's just, it's whatever. I think age is whatever you make it to be. And, you know, I don't feel like, I, I don't feel like, the 40 that I'm turning is the 40 that I saw like my parents and their friends afraid of Yeah. when it happened to them, you know? Yeah, I can remember my parents' 40th birthday. Can you remember your parents' 40th birthday? Yeah. I remember thinking, damn, they're fucking old. 40. Now it's like, whatever, 40. Who gives a shit? Yeah, bring it on. What are you noticing? You get crickety in the morning? Any, any, what's the first thing we got to look for when we're, we're approaching 40 for these 30-somethings? He's 20-somethings. Gray ball hair? Is that is that a thing? It is for me. Who am I, who am I kidding? Yeah, I had some gray hairs coming in. I I guess I tried. My body was uh, starting to go bald there a little bit ago, and I decided I didn't want to and was able to fend that off. I don't know how. Um, but, yeah, uh I've just been practicing a lot of yoga, doing a lot of stretching and, and staying limber. You know, that's that's the ticket is exercise and diet. Stay hydrated. Yep. Can you do the full lotus and all that shit? Are you like... Yep. Nice. How lucky are we being yep. dudes? 
dudes, when we get 40, it's not, it's, you know, whatever. It's, but it seems like women have a, a, a bigger pressure to stay young. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is just the psychology of, you know, the fact that dudes are a little bit more uh, visually oriented as far as choosing their partners. And so it makes women a little bit more self-conscious about their visual presentation of the world. Yeah. I mean, you could be an old, ugly motherfucker, but as long as you got money and if, if you're a dude... Right? Uh, I mean, that's one example. <laughs> I mean, some of these guys you look at, I don't know who the hell I'm thinking, maybe guys like Donald Sterling, that creepy guy that owned the Clippers. He always had some trophy 25-year-old. You're not going to get that if you're if you're old, ugly, and poor. you got to have one of the check marks. Exactly. I don't know. But so if you're from Kansas City, so... You into Pat Metheny? You know Pat Metheny? I do. I'm not like... You're not super into him. But I I do appreciate his talent. That's a good way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it. A lot of those jazz musicians, I respect the talent, but it's not like necessarily going to hit me at a visceral level. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate it. It's good. But I don't... I'm a dumb man. I need a simple power chord riff. From a fucking 80s metal band. That, that's what gets me. Some GR, some nice Fuck yeah. Or pu- punk. Metallica. Yep. Or punk rock. I like punk rock. I like I like a little anger, yet happy. Right. You seem yeah, like a fish guy. I, I, I do love punk rock as well. You seem like a fish guy. That's, that's, not a, that's not an insult. I hope it doesn't sound like one. But you seem like a guy that likes fish. Uh, actually, you know, when I was young, I listened to some fish as I was getting into that music scene and I really enjoyed them for my late teens going into my early twenties. I started to see, see through the veil a little bit. What's the veil? I really just fell off the wagon and, and fish has never been a thing for me since Wait, what's the veil what'd you see through um I just uh listening to their newer music I felt that there was less creativity and they were just sort of I got you like in a rut yeah they were comfortable with their success and I think what made them awesome in the very beginning is the fact that they were a bunch of weird college students that didn't know if what they were making would be popular. And then once it became extremely popular, I think, and once again, this is my own personal opinion. I respect them as musicians, but I think that their shows and their songs got a little gimmicky as the two thousands rolled along. I wonder if that's just inevitable. Like, you get a, to a certain level of success. You become self-conscious of what made you successful. You lean into it. Next thing you know, you're a, a parody of yourself. I su- but I've always heard good things about their concerts and, like, the, the, the vibe of... I guess they kind of made a little community of people. Yeah, you know, and they, they were in that right moment at the right time where, you know, you had the tragedy of Jerry Garcia passing and... 
a lot of people from that scene needing a, a home or a place where they felt welcome. Do you, do you play any music? I'm on a hiatus from creating music right now, but I am a classically trained violinist and violist, and I enjoy playing bass guitar and hand percussion as well. Nice. Well, what got you into violin? Uh, it's just something that I uh, started at a very young age with the Suzuki method and stuck with through high school. So you got a, is that a pretty easy transition to go from violin to bass? Because as a guitarist, we're always, it's probably fake, but we think going to bass is easy. Well, I think going from violin is even easier, but who, I don't know. how. Does it translate? Yeah. It doesn't translate as well, A, because the, you know, the violin is a leading melodic instrument. Yep. And the bass is a rhythmic, yep. uh, you know, style of playing. Uh, the thing that does transfer over is the, um, you know, the chords themselves. But the being on a fretted instrument is a little different than a fretless. Yep. And then... The bass is and guitar is tuned on fourths, where the violin, viola, and cello are tuned on fifths. Interesting. So, so you yeah, go from yeah. one to so one string over. You're going to the fifth. Is it so? It's E. Is, is the is the uh, first or the fourth string the biggest string? Is that an E? The, on the bass, yeah. Uh, on the bass, of course, but on a violin, is that an E? The smallest string is the E, so the highest. Okay. Is an e. So violin actually goes G, D, A, E. Interesting. And you're forming chords on a violin at some points, right? Uh, or is it mostly chords or is it mostly individual notes when you're... When it's you're... mostly individual notes because you got to get across three strings to get, hit a chord It's uh, with the bow. It's that like... And it's kind of bowed... Ta-da! Sound that you get in the in the orchestral pieces where it's like you get the bottom yep. two together and the top two together but you can never quite play all three notes at the same time mm-hmm. these are really stupid questions but I, the violin is I'm totally alien to it uh, really simple questions but uh, so you, you haven't played in years you just gave it up I mean I still have my violin and I pick it up but I haven't like played a piece of music or sheet read music or done anything like that in quite a while. You don't see enough violins in rock. Why are there not electric violins? Is there something physically that makes that impossible or it would sound stupid? Why are there no... no think about Dave Matthews' band, bro. But it's, is it an electric violin, though? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. There's Fuck two me. different ways to do the electric violin. You can just straight hook a amplifier up to the bridge itself uh-huh. or you can use a pickup in an amplifier and actually get the you know the body from the sound the sounds from the body of the instrument so it's, um, it's similar as well to as from the bridge so it's similar to making a acoustic guitar electric right are there any are there any similar yeah are there any solid body electric violins yeah and you just have the pickup directly attached to oh. the bridge. Word. And what kind of music you play on the bass? Um, I mean, I guess I was playing like jazz-inspired funk, 
I was in a couple bands back in the mid 2000s down in Manistee Springs. And I lived down there. Nice. Now, totally off topic, what is your mode of uh, cannabis consumption these days? Are you an edible guy? Are you smoking the old old school flower? Are you? I'm still smoking flower. Um, I enjoy the occasional edible. You know, as a as a business owner, I find myself smoking a lot less than I used to. Um, and then, I pretty much flower on its own is to eternal. <laughs> I tried to block that fucking sun, man. How, how's that? Um, flower on its own is is sometimes a little too much. It's too strong. Up in, up in my head. Yeah. I mean, I just I didn't keep my tolerance up, and I don't want to pay to smoke weed all the time to have my tolerance low enough to smoke weed all the time. So. I've met you. Know, it's, yeah. I'm I'm uh, there with I, you. I find myself splashing a little tobacco in, mm-hmm. rolling spliffs. And that's uh, that's that's pr- my preferred method of consumption. Little spliffy spliff, little little twenty five percent tobacco or more. Oh no, we're talking like eight to ten maybe. Yeah, the the flowers too good nowadays. I've said this multiple times, but I mean you can't even. I can't smoke a joint. If I'm going to smoke a joint, I'll take two hits. I'm good. You know what I mean? I can't yeah. sit there and smoke a full joint of this. The herb they have nowadays. Yeah, it's crazy, huh? Everything's getting better. For as, as pessimistic everybody is in general, if you really look, if you really take a step back and, and look at technology, weed, music, everything is getting better. But we become more and more aware of what sucks, so right. it feels like things are getting that's worse. Sort of the symptom of it, you know, is everything is getting such a finer grade that. It's really noticeable when something is of low grade. Yep, yep. Like, like po- politics. Everybody's, everybody I talk, no matter what country they're from, everybody will tell you their country is corrupt, the most corrupt country. But it's like it's always been this way. It's just we have so much more information that we know we know they're corrupt, but they're probably no more corrupt than they ever were before. I don't know. Yeah, we just have more perfect information about the corruptness. Yep. Or in, inequality. Like, inequality is a, a bad thing in general. But I would rather be poor now than rich in in 18, 1870. You know what I mean? Right. Imagine being a king in 1870. You're a king. Congrats. You're the richest guy in the world. What are you going to do? Right. Probably have a lot of mistresses. More, more, you know, swords for your peasants trying to beat up the king next door. Yeah. I mean, think about how boring existence was back then, where, like, people were fighting wars over salt. The experience of of eating salt was like, wow, this is amazing. Everyone just eating shit food, boring colors because there wasn't good. Forget about movies and music, or at least. So I'd rather be a fucking. Homeless guy with an iPad now. Honestly, I'd rather be a homeless guy now with an iPad than a fucking king in 1824. Only thing sucks though is we always. I think we're we naturally compare ourselves to others. So even if we are richer than the king, if everybody else around us is doing better off, I think naturally it's psychologically that does 
something to us. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things that I think tempers a little bit with age and self-awareness. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, part of our paradigm as a social creature is to, you know, take stock of ourselves in comparison to our peers or others around us. Yeah, and there might not even be anything wrong with that. Uh, that's probably what keeps us uh, going. But I always try to stop it take take stock of that because there's a lot of I don't know if maybe I spent too much t- time on social media and I spend little time on social media I might fucking spend an hour a week but every time I'm on there everybody thinks everything's going to hell and sometimes I think everything's going to hell but then I, I, I don't know if it actually is because 15 years ago hell when we were when we first met I don't know if you would have given me uh, uh made me predict what 2020 would look like i might have guessed a little worse than it is yeah on the surface for sure i think there's some some underlying things that are you know brewing right now that we could have predicted but as far as the day-to-day i thought that you know there would have already been some significant shifts and maybe there has because I was thinking about the lead-up to, to, to uh, 2012, the December 21st thing. And um, I ascribe more to the, if any theory, the theory that that would represent a certain benchmark of awareness. Looking back, I think the world has shifted a lot since December, or, you know, 2012. If you had to pick one day, of course, it's going to be hard. But if you had to pick, let's say it's December 21st, 2012. The world has, has radically changed since then. I mean, f- for good or bad. I mean, culturally, as far as awareness. There was no tra- yeah. interest in trans rights in 2012. It was very fringe. No. There was no... Both the extreme left and the both the extreme right seemed to be more fringe. Now it seems like there's more... Fringe no, thought like is becoming more common. Yeah, it almost seems like the middle ground is now fringe. Yeah. Yeah. Can we all just get along? What the fuck out of here? Can we all get along? Yeah, right. It's like you got more to stand on being on one extreme or the other than just trying to like, hey, is, can't we just like, you know, just be human? Yeah. And like, not be rude to one another? Oh, no, no, no. We got it. These people are doing it this way. We got to be rude about it. Yep. And I feel like there's certain things that in the 90s especially, we're in the same generation. You're a little bit older than me. So you would, you're probably Gen X, right? You're, you're like a young Gen Xer. Yeah, I was born in 80. Yeah, so, so you're kind of straddling the, so same here, 83. Um, so I'm like a 90s liberal or a 90s leftist, I feel like. And back then it was like the left was more... If, okay, so anti-authority thinking, question the medical establishment, being anti-war. Those were hallmarks of the left, as far as I remember, in the 90s. In the early... During, up until the Bush... Up until Obama, really, I would say. Now it seems right. like if there's some guy talking about the banks funding unnecessary wars questioning vaccinations or pick your medical thing. Now that's considered a right-wing, right-wing right. standpoint. They passed that one off. Yeah, yeah, it's like, and the mainstream is always, I always use my parents as a litmus test because my parents, God bless them, are very 
for lack of a better word, average, normal Midwestern folks who kind of reflect, I think, the mainstream. So they were Republicans for most of my life, like Reagan, Bush, and the first Bush. But they became Democrats under Obama, and they've been Democrats since. And, interesting. and I think the mainstream was Republican in our our generation. Now the mainstream is Democrat. It's, but I don't know. Wherever, how's Longmont? What's the lo- what's the vibe in Longmont? Is it more Boulder or more more Denver? The vibe in Longmont's definitely more Boulder. I mean, when you have the Longmont Peace and Justice Coalition announce like uh, we're going to get together on Main Street and you know bring your signs and you know, show our support for the environment or, you know, the climate watch or whatever. You get a lot of people that show up to express their, you know, dissolution with how the current administration's handling some stuff, which I, you know, I would have expected more in Boulder and less in Longmont, but now, uh, you know, Longmont's become fairly liberal. Yeah, well, libertarian, I would say. You know, it's like it, it liberal, but you know, it's skeptical of government. Yeah, buy property lines. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, man, I miss Colorado. Uh, the the weather. People sleep on the weather. On the East Coast, they think it snows all the time. It's like no, it's oh no. It, it means snows, it. but it's not any snowier than. And there's more sunshine, I think. There's more sunshine there than I think in on the East Coast. Yeah, absolutely. We get an average of 300 days of sunshine a year here. And like today, for instance, was absolutely gorgeous. It's almost like 70 degrees and sunny. We finally had one of those days. You can probably tell with the sun that keeps blocked. We finally had a sunny day. Always sunny in Philadelphia. Lies. Not true. Yeah, I think that's why they named that show that. Is it? Listen to me. I don't I tried to, everybody, all my friends love that show. Every time I try to watch it, I'm like, I don't like these characters. <laughs> maybe, maybe they got to grow on you, grow on you a little more. Uh, I just think that's what it's part is. of the love. That's it's part a, of the appeal. It, that's part of the appeal is it's a, it's a story about a bunch of characters that you don't really have, you know, they're, they're amusing because of how much you don't agree with them. <laughs> yeah, they took the Seinfeld and took it times. Times ten. Somebody told me it's like Seinfeld on crack. Yeah, I, I would say that that's pretty reasonable. Somebody else was telling me I have to watch the uh, latest Curb Your Enthusiasm. I guess that's back now. I don't know. Yeah, Larry David was never one I could just like love to watch. Like it's fine. <laughs> you sound like Larry David there. It's fine. He's fine. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go out of my way to watch him. He's fine. It's, it's, you know, I'm glad that a lot of people love it. For me, not so I much. Maybe I just don't. Like, I think to love those shows, you really have to love living in a city and getting to interact with all of those personality types that may be a little bit more. Uh, French. Yes. Dude, I was thinking about that in New York. So I take the subway everywhere in New York and there's crazy motherfuckers you see all the time. But it really makes you self-conscious because you got to you got to remember these crazy people don't think that they're crazy. 
right? So who's one to say that I'm not, I or you? What's that? One day they were just a normal person. Yeah, yeah. And what happened? Did they notice they when it happened? And if exactly. it happened to them, can it happen to me? Can it happen to you? Can it happen to people I know that I would never associate with that? Because they don't believe that they're crazy. I don't know. Right. But yeah, you see a lot of fucking... It's funny how, again, to, to look at the good, the optimistic side, let's say in New York, you might see, I don't know how many human beings you would see in a day, let's say going to work there and back through the subway, you probably see 15,000 people, maybe, I don't know, ten to 20,000 people you see. And you see a lot of crazy motherfuckers. And yet, there's like less than one murder per day in like the entire 8 million people city. Like if you would right. ask me like how many people are going to get murdered today just based on what I saw. Like, oh, there's got to be at least one's going to happen at this station. One, there'll be, I don't know, 100 murders a day and, and that wouldn't even yeah. be that. But less than you're one. You're thinking back through your day and you're like, well, that guy's a for sure. Yeah. And then there was, and then there was that one. And, and then, you know, it just comes at full circle that it's, it's like mostly a harmless crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what's interesting. We associate crazy with diabolical through, like, movies and comic books. But really crazy. That's not really what it is. Yeah, crazy's just fucking crazy. But there is certain crimes. I don't want to disparage white people. But there's a certain kind of serial killer... That's just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like yeah. these guys that like dismember and do weird shit. It really makes you like, what the, what's going on there? And, right. and if it, I don't know, but, but like in New York, the murder rate's low. And what's funny is that how tolerant New Yorkers are of crazy. You'll have, there'll be a, a lady getting back from, I don't know. She's got a power suit on and conservative looking. There'll be some guy, crackhead sitting right next to her. Scratching his neck, shouting about fever demons, eating his face. And it's like, there's nothing separating them, but they're, all, they're in their own little universe. Like, he's over here, he's not, he's not dangerous, even though he's sitting right next to me. It's amazing. In a rural setting, if you just look a little strange, it's like, who's this mother? Who is this motherfucker? Right. You're not from here, are I you? I better get up and move, because this guy is dangerous to me and himself. Yeah. And then you get a large enough group of people together that have seen enough harmless crazy over and over and over again. They're just like, oh, no, that's harmless crazy. That's fine. He's good. He's just on. He just had one too many meths. He'll be, just give him an hour. <laughs> oh, he'll sleep tonight after that meth wears off. My family was visiting me in New York, and um, I've never witnessed a man masturbate in public ever. Uh, I'm not looking for it, but I, I've never happened to run across it. We're walking down the street. It's it's kind of, it's dark. And my sister kind of freaks out. She says in the car, a parked car, she saw a, a dude jerking off. Imagine this poor girl. She's she's not living there. I've lived there. I've never seen this ever. Her first day, she's a fucking guy spanking it in a car on the Lower East Side, right by Delancey Station. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you gotta like apologize on behalf of a city. Right, like it's your like, fault. On behalf of the city. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, like, <laughs> this never happens usually. Usually they keep their dicks inside their pants. But <laughs> yeah, you're right. Inside their apartment. That's crazy. But that makes me miss Colorado even more. It's crazy in Colorado, but it's uh, it's a different kind of crazy. It's a good Surely. kind of crazy. It might not even be a type of crazy. 
Do you do do you believe that the uh, environment you live in, like there's vibes, like you're more prone to certain kinds of thinking depending on where you live? I think that's true. I felt like in Colorado, I was much more open to uh, to to woo woo type of like hippy dippy thinking. I still am, but I feel like on the East Coast, there's a little. I hear a, the the voice in the back of my head a little louder that says, "Ah, it's all bullshit." You know that that cynical, right. empirical part. It felt like in Colorado, I'm thinking, well, maybe I was healthier in Colorado, and that was, you know, that's why I th- I was actually on to something, and now I'm being brainwashed again. What do you think? Is there hmm. something to that? Can you tell when you go back to Kansas City, is there a certain vibe that you feel? I mean, it, I notice a big difference culturally when I go back to Kansas City, and it's one of the reasons I don't like to stay for too long. Um, you know, I, I notice as I get older, I, I turn down that association with woo-woo a little bit. But, you know, at the same time, I am guilty of practicing a lot of yoga and meditating. and so. But that shit's, that shit's backed by, by even, like, the most cold-hearted rationalist scientists. They'll, they'll tell you, they'll even tell you yoga and, and meditation. That's legit, right? Right, because they can actually see the brainwave effects of it. But it leads to, you know, a, a more subtle level of perception. And, you know, I think it's important to be able to discern when that perception is, you know, being soaked up by the collective, just everybody around you, or when it's actually like you're getting, you know, raw data from your own, yeah. you know. Yeah. Instrument, if you will. Yeah. Your receptor. Cause, yeah. Because I, I, I do believe there's something to that theory that we're born with a lot of knowledge that we systematically forget. Either naturally we forget or there are systems in place to make us forget things that we are, knowledge that we are intuitively born with. And sometimes if you get that intuitive knowledge, um, uh, what's the word? Cooperated. Uh, synonym for cooperate. But when you see that affirmed, it's a good feeling. It makes you, oh, shit, yeah. Like good literature will do that. Even a, a simple movie. Like, oh, there's a theme that we all know sure. acted out in a, a dramatic way. Um, but then sometimes that ends up being the thing that pushes you off the edge to harmless crazy. Yeah. True. You know? Like... It's this fine line where sometimes that ends up just being the straw that cracks the whole facade of society, and then you're, you know, you just put yourself on the fringe. Yeah. That's actually one thing that that has steered me away from writing in my 20s, because I started out as a, a journalist, a writer, long form. I remember you saying that, yeah. But then you look at all these writers... They either go fucking batshit crazy or they get depressed. So it's like, what's right. the what's the payoff? <laughs> People yeah. know my name after I die. Who gives a shit? I'm dead. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, there's like a handful of examples that don't follow that trajectory. But for the most part, that's true. That's- you know what? You know what? The more I think about it, the more that could be a cliche that they're kind of overemphasizing to discourage that. Because think about a guy like Stephen King. How much? 
he's underrated. Stephen King, people sleep on him because he's like a popular writer, genre, horror writer. But man, that guy's put out. That guy's a really talented writer. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And very intelligent. Fuck yeah. Scary. It's scary how, uh, you know, Shawshank Redemption, brilliant movie. People, a lot of people don't know he wrote that. I I don't know how close the movie resembles the uh, original, but he's just the amount of shit he's put out is amazing. I mean, he wrote Stand By Me. That, he wrote yeah. that story. Yep. He wrote uh, Stranger Things. Oh, no, just kidding. That was just ripped off. But <laughs> Isn't that the knock on Stranger Things? Nice one. <laughs> but tell me about Mountain Mud. When did you start Mountain Mud? Let's see. We started um, actually incorporated and had done all our formulation and had a product that we're happy with uh, and did our soft launch April of last year, so... Coming up on the first year of being in business right now. Nice. And how the regulatory red tape, is that easy to navigate? Easier than you expected? Harder than you expected? Um, you know, we're at this point where we're sort of charging ahead with a product that we know works. And once the regulatory agencies are, you know, ready to put what we're doing on their plate we're hoping to help educate them and and show them why what we're doing is safe and to use that to uh, step forward and figure out how to regulate other products similar products in a way that's safe so how'd you get this idea there was a particular moment where you're like i need some fucking cbd infused sunscreen or did you slowly kind of dawn on you i mean it was dude it was one of those days in like 2012 or 2013 where I was working at a trim table and we were all bullshitting about what consumer products would be a value add to, you know, put THC or CBD into. And I was like, man, why doesn't somebody put cannabis into a good high quality sunscreen? How high were you when you thought of that? Um... I'd probably say moderately. <laughs> That's a good, dude, sitting around a trim table, how many good ideas generated from that? You're sitting there. It's a meditative, right? You're doing, you're doing your thing over and over. Yeah. It's totally. Being a community, yep. sharing ideas. Bullshitting, yep. Yep. No, it, it was real. And uh, at the time, you know, CBD hadn't even started as an industry. Uh, I don't even think we'd passed 64, so hemp wasn't legalized in Colorado yet. And I just knew the barrier to entry to pay all the licensing fees and everything to do a THC sunscreen would, you know, be basically unapproachable. So I just shelved the idea for a long time until I uh, shared it with my business partner the summer of 2018. And he said, you know, I actually have a good friend who makes her own all-natural FDA-approved reef-safe sunscreen. I can give her a call. And he called her up, and she was willing to help us formulate. And so I did the sourcing of the CBD and the math on the back end to figure out how to get it dosed properly. And we work with her and make the product using her recipe. That's how we know it's 35 SPF, water-resistant, shelf-stable for two years, and, you know, all the stuff that it needs to be for a sunscreen. Nice. And, uh... Yeah, we formulated, we got a product we liked, we used it ourselves, sampled it on some friends, and, you know, had used it multiple times 
myself before really getting ready to go to market. And then last summer we started with music festivals and done everything from music and music festivals to craft beer fest in Longmont, craft and arts festivals. We did the Fort Lauderdale International Yacht Show. Did some powerboat races down in the Keys. Oh yeah. Well, you want a boat? Festivals in Florida. Uh, Music festival out in California, all over the place. Nice. Sunscreen show. So, were you riding a boat down there in Florida? I was not. No. Oh, that's no fun. We were we were vending at some powerboat races. Oh, I got it. I got it. Interesting. Are you worried about the coronavirus? Does the sunscreen protect us against the coronavirus? Unfortunately, (laughs) no. No such claim can be made. Uh, are you worried? Are you worried about this? Um, you know the thing that concerns me right now is I'm about to go. Well, right now I've got plans to go to St. Petersburg for Reggae Rise Up Music Festival because we're planning on bending there, and I'm not sure if they're going to cancel the festival or not. Oh Jesus! It's in Florida, they canceled South by Southwest. I know. And what, when's it? When's they canceled the... Ultra, bro. Really? Jesus. In Miami. You know, you know, shit's real. <laughs> when, when, when is the uh, Saint Petersburg Reggae Festival? What what day or what month? Twentieth to twenty second. It's coming up here. It's, it's the same weekend Ultra would have been. And there's no official word yet at whether or not it's 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 canceled. The media has asked the pre, uh, presenters, and they said that they're still talking to local authorities and and yet to make a decision. But for now, it's on. Well, it's but with. The way we've seen cases, you know, mushroom out with China and South Korea and Italy, I can imagine that Florida's going to have a lot more cases before they start getting it contained. Yeah, shit. I well, mean, it, what, that, how are your feelings about it up in New York? Well, I'm in Philly now, but yeah, same fucking difference. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about it. Now, I don't know if I'm if I'm delusional, but I'm not worried about it. I, I don't. I'm personally not worried about it. Like, but I, no, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm worried. About, I don't want to give it to anyone. I'm just looking forward to that cheap airfare. They're gonna, they gotta lower the airfare prices, right? Oh man, I'm literally considering canceling my tickets and buying new plane tickets because they're <laughs> that much cheaper. And I bought the insurance. Nice. Yeah, fucking. What, I'm not what? gonna buy new plane tickets until I know if this festival gets canceled. <laughs> I mean, just bring some fucking lemons, right? Put some lemons in your mouth. Citric acid ain't gonna let any fucking virus in. Put some limes yeah, in like, your nose, you'll be fine. Lime in your nose, your eyes, yeah. a couple wedges in your ear, you'll be good. Um, this sounds like a made-up story, but it's absolutely not. I had a pink eye when I, I was teaching English in New York. Uh, I had to go show up in my class. It's embarrassing because you got one eye that just looks like hell. Pink eye, conjunctivitis, I guess, is the official... But a little home remedy, you take a lemon slice, it hurts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to do a little lemon drop in your, uh, in your eye. And I told my students, these are all adults. Uh, their age is, you know, 20 to 70 uh, from all over the world. And I tell them what I'm about to do. And they're just freaking out. No, 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 no. You're going to kill your eye. They thought, like, the acid like, eat my eye. Um, but yeah, I did it. Fucking did it. They freaked out a little bit. Blinked my eye and screamed, muffled my scream for about 10 seconds. 
about 25 minutes later, clear. Clear. Crazy. It sounds like total bullshit, but I'm telling you, out there, if you ever have pink eye and you don't mind a little pain for 10 seconds, try old lemon drop. Uh, <laughs> citric acid does a number on uh, whatever bacteria is in there. But yeah. Good to know. <laughs> a little free, little free home remedy there for everybody. Yeah, that's some woodsy shit there. <laughs> that is. It's a good way of putting it. Well, you, do you remember where I'm from? I'm kind of from a, a, a woodsy backwoods area, even though we don't have many trees. Uh, I'm from. Yeah, it's. Uh, go ahead, guess. Any, yes. Was it Illinois, Indiana? Pretty fucking close. Starts with Iowa. Iowa, that's right. Same shit. Upper Midwest. Although Illinois has got Chicago going for them, so we don't we don't have that. But uh, yeah, not to, just straight north of Kansas City. You know, you go from Kansas City, you go right up to Omaha, right? Yeah. You keep going from Omaha straight up to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's where I'm from. That little area, about thirty miles straight east of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So I know Kansas City. So, yeah, kind of gets a little southern. Of, uh, Missouri. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So once you get down to Kansas City, it gets a little little southern vibe, right? Because we know this because of the barbecue. Right. Once you have once you hit good barbecue, you you and once you have like, you know, more than ten percent black people, you know, once you get north of Omaha, it gets pretty white. But you get down to Kansas yeah. City, yeah, we started getting a little little southern flavor. What's the next city south? Like Oklahoma City or or Dallas? We get down in Texas pretty quick. Um, I mean, yeah. Oklahoma's down there, but, I mean. Why go down there? Fuck that. Go west, yeah. young man. Go west. All right, man. Well, I was going to keep you under yeah, an hour. We, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just going to say we got a joke in Kansas about uh, why Kansas is so windy. Why is that? Because Nebraska sucks and Oklahoma blows. <laughs> yes. Fuck Nebraska. That's the other thing. Nebraska borders Iowa. Those Huskers fans are the most obnoxious collegiate sports fans in the in the country, those Huskers. Yeah, pretty obnoxious sports fans up there for sure. Now, we, Iowa has a joke against Missouri, and I, I hesitate to, to share it with you, but it actually, actually doesn't apply to you. Uh, it's more North North Missouri. The, the joke is if you took the bottom, the, the southernmost row of, of counties in Iowa and you, and you gave it to Missouri – the average intelligence would increase in both states. Yikes. I, I, I bet every state has that same joke. Just switch the names of the state. Right. Missouri probably says that about Arkansas. Arkansas is shitting on Louisiana. And everybody shits on Mississippi. Right. Who does Mississippi get well, to Alabama. Yeah. But, but who gets... Alabama. Do you think Alabama shits more in Mississippi? Or Mississippi shits more in Alabama? I would think Alabama shits a little more on Mississippi, but I don't know. I'm, I would think so. It's hard to say. I'm a Yankee douche, so what the fuck do I know? <laughs> so, well, I said I was going to keep you under. Are you still there, or are you frozen? Yeah. I was going to keep you under okay. an hour or so. Um, we should do this again sometime. Where can the people find the Mountain Mud Sunscreen? MountainMudSunscreen.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, you ship... To all 50 U.S. states? That's correct. Any any uh, other countries? Uh, I mean, if you'll pay the international shipping, we'll ship it to you. 
All right, good shit. What the fuck? Somebody's calling me. Uh, your screen just disappeared. Let me hit decline here. Get this out and wrap this guy up. Um, all right, that's been Jay Wigglesworth. Uh, thanks again for uh, taking the time, and I'm sure we'll cross paths down the road here. Certainly, we'll we'll talk uh, one of these days. But uh, thanks for thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, man. Let's do this again sometime. It was a pleasure just chatting with you about uh, a little bit of everything. Yeah, we're just scratching the surface. All right, man. Take care. Yeah, it's been the Hey OK Ha Happy Hour. Special thanks to Octane Inc who specializes in vehicle wraps, snowmobile wraps, custom apparel, and race car lettering. Deep history in motorsports. Love for anything fast. Octane Inc. has quickly become the Midwest premier one-stop shop. Anything you want customized with your business logo or personal monogram, they can make it happen. Visit OctaneIncLLC.com today or find them on any social media platform. That's OctaneIncLLC.com. Also, special thanks to Baba G., DIY edible kits. Oh, you know you love candy. Stop acting like you're grown up. You know you love gummy bears. And you might like cannabis. Uh, why don't you combine the two? Get yourself a Baba G DIY edible kit. Candy mixer, candy kit. Allows you to mix in whatever you've got. Make sure it's legal in your state. Uh, you want to check them out at OregonBaba.com. Again, that's OregonBaba.com. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, have a good week. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Stay healthy out there. Wash your hands. Eat some fish oils. Eat an orange. Uh, whatever. You, whatever you need to do. Uh, see you then. Bye bye. <laughs>